But very quickly I knew, that I knew what I wanted to talk about, which isn't always the case. <laughs> and and uh, it's, it's uh, come up this week and it's something that I'm really interested in. So what I want you to do is look at the stained glass window and look at Jesus knocking at the door. And all of us, how many, are, are most of us, how many of you don't have a Christian background? So, so the rest of you, I'm sure, have a strong association with that image, right? I mean, you have, a, you have some experience. Either you grew up with the same thing in a church you went to or you've seen the image. I grew up in a church where we didn't have stained glass. That was really pretty far out there. To, you know, we weren't allowed to do that. But we certainly had the image of Jesus knocking at the door. And uh, this morning I was trying to think. I almost called my mother because I knew she'd remember the song, but I knew that would become a, <laughs> a whole other experience. <laughs> oh, don't ask me why I want to know, Mom. <laughs> But the song is, uh, we sang it all the time in church, and I still, when I go back to my mom's church, I love to sing that song, and it's, um, who at the door is standing, patiently standing there, you know, whose is the voice I'm hearing, uh, call, you know, calling me. So it's, and it's a wonderful song, and it, I Googled it so I could get all the lyrics. And it's very funny because the first several, like five or six references, give the lyrics credit to Johnny Cash, Dwight Yoakam, and all these country <laughs> western singers. And I thought, no, no, I was back in the 50s, we were singing that in church. It was not a country western song. <laughs> Finally, you get way down and it says, uh, you know, unknown, their lyrics were written in the 1800s and it was a... Uh, church hymnal and it's we don't know who the lyrics are by but um that it's a very powerful image and even if you didn't grow up with stained glass that image of christ knocking at the door for most of us is probably powerful so now we're in a buddhist temple and we have jesus knocking at the door so um now bante sujata said earlier this week you know there's no there, there's no problem with that at all because jesus and buddha are friends so you know we we should have no trouble at all with with our stained glass here and what it represents to us but that particular image um a, apparently the scripture that that comes for is in revelations and it's actually about Christ talking about a particular church where the people in the church had become just indifferent. They were lukewarm. You know, they weren't enthusiastic. They weren't just closing the doors. But they were just blah. Nothing was going on with them. And so his comment about I'm standing at the door, he wanted them to... Um, to get motivated to do something, to either, to either give it up or to get fired up again. And that's what his standing at the door image is. But, you know, we think about it in the Christian context, we think about that image as, you know, Christ is standing there waiting for us to open the door. And it's to open the door of our heart. And so it's a perfect image for Buddhists because we're talking all the time, we're talking about what does our practice do? Our practice opens our heart. 
And the way we open our heart is with our mindfulness. And we, we strengthen it through our practice, our sitting practice. And we develop compassion through, through our practice and through our studies and through living the precepts. We're developing compassion and we're opening our heart. And so the image is perfect for us. I think it's a beautiful one. And I also like the original interpretation that, you know, Christ is telling these lukewarm people, <coughs> kind of piss or get off the pot, you know, it's one of the two. <laughs> and uh, we can look at that with our own practice, you know, are we, do we practice with enthusiasm and with, or are we just kind of doing it because we kind of like, you know, coming every Saturday or we enjoy, we enjoy some aspect? Are we only limiting our practice to what we do when we get together as a group? Or does our practice filter out and affect our, our, all of our lives? So it's always a good question to ask. I had one of the first books I ever had, I guess on Buddhism or on, uh, from Thich Nhat Hanh was Living Buddha, Living Christ. And I think it was when I was in the process of switching from one to the other. And, and I thought, well, maybe he says something about the door because I was really trying to uh, figure out what the Buddha had talked about with the door. And Thich Nhat Hanh talks about that. And he talks about, um, he talks about the door. Of course, he's, his, this whole book is drawing those parallels between, between <clears throat> Christ and the Buddha and how it's important for us to be open to all different uh, teachings. So one comparison he makes, you know, there's a saying that there are 84,000 different ways to approach the Dhamma. And he talks about those as 84,000 doors, Thich Nhat Hanh does. There are 84,000 doors to, uh, you know, finding like the thing that opens your heart or the, or the teaching uh, that will be the thing that we respond to personally. There's not just one teaching. There's not just one way. And so Thich Nhat Hanh talks about this image as this is one of the doors. So Christ was one of the doors. And for a lot of people, that's the door that opens them, opens their heart. And uh, for us, it may be the teachings of the Buddha may be the things that open our heart. But, but whatever, whatever it is, we, what, what we're always trying to do is stay open to it. No matter whose teaching it is, no matter whose, you know, if it's your door or not, to stay open to it. And if we, t and uh, Thich Nhat Hanh talks about this, about the, all of the interfaith work trying to bridge, make those bridges between one path and another, the only way you can do that kind of work is to be full of compassion yourself. Without compassion, you can't have uh, interfaith programs and you can't actually, you can't, you're not sincere talking about different paths are, are valid and important and true. And the only way we, the, the way that the door for us, the way that we've found can open our hearts and cause us to be compassionate is through our practice. And again, he says, it's not just sitting on the cushion. It's not just studying uh, suttas. It's the combination of uh, living, living the precepts and living that life all the time and our practice 
and just working at the development of compassion that through our practice and living the precepts and our studies then we develop the wisdom that we need to to have that true compassion and it's only it's only when we find it in ourselves that we can uh, have it with other people and so the door is that that door to opening our own heart opening our own minds and being able to uh, truly, I mean, I sometimes see a tendency that we, maybe we talk about being compassionate and open and um, appreciating other teachings, but sometimes when it comes down to it, where we may tend to enjoy kind of arguing with other teachings or finding fault with other teachings, then maybe there's some compassion missing that we haven't, we haven't deepened our own personal practice enough to be to be at that place where we can uh, really be connecting with other traditions, other teachings. So th- that one of my this is one of my favorite ideas. Though it's we really need to be able to connect and reach out and be be a part of everything that there is. But the way, we, the way I choose to do it, because I choose to, to do it through a Buddhist tradition and Buddhist practice, the only way I can really be open to other paths is to really practice my own deeply, not superficially. And uh, the deeper it is, the more open I can be to other traditions. But it doesn't, what I'm, what I'm not saying is uh, you know, to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of something else. We need to be very deep and very clear in whatever tradition we choose to practice compassion. And then we're able to reach out and accept and find a value in all other traditions. But, but we really need that depth within ourselves. So whether if your tradition is through prayer or through meditation or through some other uh, path it's always important that you that 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 you have that deep solid core and and that that's opening your heart and then everything else then everything else can fit in everything else we can find the value and the truth and everything else so some of you may have your own experiences with Jesus standing at the door but that's what I wanted to talk about yeah Jason <laughs> Son will be happy to answer that. <laughs> what was it that attracted you to this path? I have no clue, to be really honest. <laughs> no, I just, I, I think I just, the Christianity just wasn't working. I, I don't know, it just wasn't, it, it didn't answer it, there was something that was just missing for me, but I had struggled with that for a long time. I had kind of gone in and gone out and gone back into the church. Okay. Um, now, in, I was raised Lutheran, and, um, which is Christianity, and you know, in Christianity there's this concept of a higher power or God. Um, well, do you believe in a higher power? Does it even matter? I mean, 
Well, you know, the Buddha said it and was one of... There's, there's no higher power. But he also said whether there is an, an ultimate creator was not, one of, was not an important question to ask. So it was one of the things like where do we come from and if there's some kind of ultimate creator of the universe. He said we can't really know that. So it's, it was a list of one of the questions that we, we don't even ask. So, I mean, that, so that leaves it wide open, right? But that's not, that doesn't really affect us in our day-to-day -day life and living in the present moment, you know, and opening, opening mindfulness and compassion. It doesn't depend on whether there's a creator God or not. You know, I, I, I still can't, you know, I try to intellectualize about that, and I, I haven't figured it out yet, so. <laughs> that for me, that was probably one of the things all along my journey was, how can we know if there's a God or not? I mean, that was always a question. How can we, how can we be so definitive, and how can, how, if there is a God, how can he send some people to hell and some people to heaven? You know, that was that whole thing. So, but I like the idea that, hey, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but who knows, you know? <laughs> why, wor why worry about it? It's <laughs> yeah, ultimately, it's not particularly relevant to the matter. <laughs> right. Really suffer whether there is or there isn't. Right. It's kind of a whole idea. Let's pay attention to the thing we can do something about. Right, which is ourself, which is, which is our own, you know. And then I think that kind of answer, I think along the road, maybe we resolve that question. I respond to anything. Guy. I was born Roman Catholic. There's a lot of studying as a Christian religion. And the difference that I see between now being Buddhist and being Christian is that in Buddhist teachings, Buddha taught us to live in the moment, right now, today, solve what's going on. Christianity is always worrying about tomorrow, worrying about salvation, worrying about going to heaven or hell, based on what you're doing today. Two major differences in my mind as to why I became a Buddhist versus Christianity. I, I, could, I could control today. Theoretically, I don't know what I'm shooting at for heaven or hell. So I don't know if that helps a little bit. Kind of separates the, you know. <laughs> I mean, it definitely helps to live in the moment. Well, yeah, we, we know what's going on right now today in front of us. Mm -hmm. But in, in, in most Christian religions, I know in the Roman Catholic religion, it's you're constantly doing things for the ultimate, mm -hmm. which would be heaven or hell, which is there or isn't there. And I don't know of a Catholic that truly could say 100%, yeah, I know it's there. There's always a question mark, always been in my mind. And most people, priests, nuns, and Christian brothers have admitted that it's still an unknown. But my comfort in Buddhism is that I can control today through my practice, and hopefully someday go to Nirvana <laughs> through my practice of what I'm doing today. And I'm not going to worry about next month, next year, I mean, I could die in an hour from now. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm here today, right now. This second is what I need to worry about. That was the biggest difference for me. Hopefully that's a little bit helpful. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just, um, 
think what might, I don't want to say go wrong, but what could be maybe misinterpreted with like Christianity or Catholic, I was raised Catholic, is the identification of God with form. There's a lot of form that has been, you know, you know, things and stuff. But if you can get yourself to look beyond the form, it, there is, you know, there's heaven, God, Jesus, they all kind of represent like something beyond the form. And it's a heart condition. And I think that, you know, when you are able to absorb that, you can sit in mass, like I said, mass, and you can go beyond, you know, the how do we get to heaven and just kind of understand that it's like, you know, like like I saw, I was I went to see a priest give a speech. And after that we were all in line to pray for something. And in front of me there was a boy and he was maybe nine and ten years old. And he had, um, was talking about abuse that he endured. He was adopted. It was very hard to see, like, this child carry so much pain. It was very hard to see that. And I didn't know him. I hadn't met him before. And the lady in front of me, who during the pre-seminar was nodding and, you know, really, like, seemed to understand this priest and what he said, the minute that the boy started to, um, like this, she took the kitchen, she turned her back, and so when I got up to the priest, I prayed for, you know, the suffering of children at the hands of adults, and so one realization I had after I left is within myself, I was carrying even my own judgment for this woman, who I thought, well, you're in there nodding and nodding, and then the minute they see the kid you're giving, the kid you're trying to get away, but I don't know her pain. I know she could have been an abused child, and so I think, in, and what, and I think, what I'm going through with this is that in religion, in any religion, you know, it comes back to kind of getting beyond that form, and just understanding that there is kind of a, you know, and that, in, that within ourselves we have to we have to work on our own heart condition and connection with everything that exists beyond the form of what the forms that we're learning, you know, with Jesus. I mean, you know, we know he's a human, but whether or not he's the son of God, and you know, things like that. So, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know if that helps or not, but no. Thank you. 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 Thank ends up happening is that we're, we confuse um, the stories as we take the stories as fact instead of just metaphors for the same message. The, the message is always the same mm -hmm. and that we, God resides within, God is just, it, it, it's, it's life, life and, it, it, and it's within all of us. I think the stories are the same, and we, I mean, I think the, the core of the story is the same, but that we confuse these stories, we take these stories and say, oh, this is what factually happened, when really they're just metaphors for the same ideas about how to cope. The human condition. The present mm -hmm. condition. Right? Pam, do you want to say something? I think personally, the biggest relief that my practice has brought to me was being able to let go of that question. 
that it was such a, I never realized how big of a burden it was. What's up there, what's down there, who is this, how I, you know, where am I going? What, just being able to let it go. And mm -hmm. That's good, I like the biggest that. Relief. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you brought this talk up this week because earlier, uh, something that I want to say about the, having the temple now belong to us and uh, having a place to, to come and invite people. I uh, answered the door, it was Wednesday, and uh, two, two women were standing there and I quickly saw that they were holding a watchtower, so they're Jehovah's Witness. And I was in a pretty good mood that day, so instead of shooing them off, normally <laughs> what I let them, you know, speak and say what they would like to say. And, um, you know, so they went through their two-minute speech, and you know, I just you know, stood and smiled, holding my little dog. And um, I said, after they were done, I said, "Well, well, thank you, but um, uh, you know, I'm a Buddhist, and it it was it was as if I uh, I don't want to say it, I shouldn't I shouldn't say it, it was as if I did something bad to Jesus myself the way they looked at me. And <laughs> so they started along with another speech about you know, have you thought about you know, moving to Christ and so on and so on. I said, you know, I, I've considered that before, but you know, I really found my path in Buddhism. I have some pamphlets inside, would you like to see some? <laughs> of course, no, 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 we're not looking for our faith. And then I was able to tell them, we go, look, well, you know, if you're ever in Woodstock, uh, the Lewis Temple is right near downtown, and you'd be welcome to come by, and you'll be very accepted there if you'd like to stop by. They didn't have much to say to me after that, but, you know, they, off, but it, uh, it, it was really nice to, to be able to say there's a place to go. It actually gave me the courage to mm -hmm. be nice to them and talk to them about it instead of you know, just shooing them off as a, a nuisance or you know, Exactly. Yeah. As you were wrapping up, you talked about not, not taking a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and making a commitment to, and I wasn't sure I understood what you're talking about, to a commitment to a particular path, a practice, uh, you, uh, I think for me it's a commitment to a particular uh, practice. So for me, the pro my commitment is to uh, my practice and my precepts. And I think that's where, I'll find, that's where I'll find the depth that I need in my spiritual journey. If I took a little bit of that and a little bit of some other path and a little bit of something else, that, that for me that would become, uh, uh, it would be more confusing. I'd lose, the, I'd lose the depth of the one practice. I wouldn't get there. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get all the benefits from that practice because I'd be uh, just taking a sampling of different things and, and then the, the real, you know, the, the depth of the teachings of any one of those paths, which could be equally, you know, lead to the same place, I wouldn't be able to get beyond just a superficial level with any of them. Do you believe that you have to, uh, if you, you know, sign on, No, not no. That's very no. And even and that's one thing that the Buddha says, and it's one of the w most wonderful thing he says is don't take anything, don't take anything on because you know it's it's part of the package. That anything that any teacher, any book, or even the Buddha himself says, 
We only we listen to it and then we find out for ourselves if it if it's true for us or not. And if it's not true for us, then then we don't take it on. So I don't I don't mean taking on the whole you know hook line and sinker the the whole uh, the whole package, but I do think I do think if I if I'm going to practice meditation, uh, it means really developing a deep practice. And, th and that's how I find out for myself if some other teaching is right or wrong for me, you know, through, my own, through, through the depth of what it, my commitment. I was, I was raised a Christian, and uh, I, I, I believed what my grandmother told me for years, probably 40 years. And then I began to realize that there was an awful lot of stuff that had evolved into what I had been taught that was pretty far from what Jesus taught, great distance from that. And so I've spent a lot of time over the last few years reading about, you know, trying to sort some of that out. And I think the bottom line for me is that I have no issues at all with Jesus Christ. I have a lot of issues with a lot of Christians. Not all Christians, but I have a lot of issues with a lot of Christians. Right. And it could just be that they're, to act, they're asking you to believe in something that you haven't checked out, been able to check out or find is true for you. Um, someone recently gave me a book, and I can't remember the title, but it's something about the lost years of Jesus and how he, it's very possible, they think he may have been studying Buddhism during his lost years. So a lot of the Christian teachings may actually be, you know, Buddhist teachings. Misinterpreted. The one who wrote it, at least. you know, I can't remember. I, I can't remember the guy's name. I, I just started reading it. Somebody gave it to me, so I don't. I've heard that a lot. So I've heard that. That in his lost years, I, I truly believe that. Yeah. We know the Silk Road, you know, was going, the Silk Road was going from one end of Asia to the other and into Europe, and, and that's ideas traveled, and that's the importance of that. That's all the ideas from all the great thinkers and great religions and great, you know, uh, political systems were traveling, traveling from one uh, culture to another. So, you know, we get the, hopefully we get the best of all of them. Jason? Uh, With this book? Um, um, it was, I mean, I read the book before. It was a, it's a great book, and, and uh, I mean, it's hard for me to remember it all. Uh huh. But I do like the, the one thing what, what Thich Nhat Hanh did say, and, and he said you don't really have to become a Buddhist. You know, you want to be a Christian, and, and this is, you know, basically you don't have to change it. This is, right. The, the things about it in the book that I really liked about it. You know, if you're good, if Christianity works for you, this is That's your path. Now, we see that everybody's 